Vaccination is our primary tool, both to protect us, those around us that we love, but also to protect our society in a couple of different ways. Life is complicated, but getting healthy doesn't need to be. And hello, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Inland Medical Center's Health Matters. This is a monthly podcast that gets real about wellness, and we get to check in on ourselves. I'm Susie Lowry Hall, and I'll be your host. We're going to have some candid conversations on health topics that matter most to you and our loved ones and our family. And the goal is to empower, inspire, and make a difference. We're going to be joined with in-low experts with real insight and real stories from people just like you and me. And we're going to learn easy steps that we can take to start down the road to wellness. It's finally their turn. In November, the Food and Drug Administration, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the Western States Science Safety Review Workshop authorized the emergency use of the Pfizer vaccine for kids ages 5 to 11. And then since then, more than 110,000 California kids in that age group have had their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, which is giving kids added protection against the virus. In the U.S., children ages 5 to 11 make up about 40% of the cases we see among people who are younger than 18. What's more, about 8,300 of these cases in children 5 to 11 have resulted in hospitalizations, according to the CDC. Officials hope expanding vaccine eligibility will help protect younger children and help slow the spread of COVID-19. North State mom and teacher Melody Perrin hopes for this too. That's why she and her husband decided to have their 11 and 8-year-old children vaccinated against COVID-19. She and her kids, Abby and Andrew, share their experiences with us today. And our expert in the studio is Inlow's community health physician, Dr. Andrew Miller, who'll go over the pediatric vaccines, how they differ from those used for ages 12 and up, and how to get your child vaccinated and more. Welcome. So glad you guys could be here. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. My name is Abby. And Abby, how old are you? 11. And who's next to you? My name is Melanie. And who's that lady? My mom. And who else is at the table today? My name is Andrew. And Andrew, how old are you? Eight. And then our doctor today. I'm uh, Andrew as well, Andrew Miller. So thanks you guys so much for being here. We're talking about vaccines and we're so excited. It's finally your turn. So everyone just tell us just a little bit about you. So I know you just said your name and your age, but just tell us a little bit about you. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, what do you like to do? Um, what do you I pa- like to draw and do ballet. Yeah. How about you, Andrew? I like to play basketball in sports. Nice. What's your position in basketball? Mm, I don't have one. I just mostly play all of them. Nice. And then, Dr. Miller, can you tell us a little bit about you? Well, I, I don't play much basketball. But, um, <laughs> I, I used to a little. I am uh, a family practice doctor, and I work for in the medical center in uh, community health. And prior to that, I was the public health officer for Butte County for a number of years. Very nice. And Melanie, will you tell us a little bit about you? I am a sixth grade teacher at Chico Junior, and I like to take my kids to sporting events. That's what <laughs> we do in this family. <laughs> so, Melanie, let's start with you. When did you and your husband get vaccinated? Um, so, my husband and I are both educators, so we were able to get vaccinated in January. Um, we got our first dose then and our second dose in February, um, so pretty early this year. And why did you decide to get vaccinated? We both were very nervous going back into the classroom to be around so many children coming from so many different places. And so we wanted a level of protection for our kids, parents who live really close and are very helpful and important in our lives. And we just wanted a way to protect ourselves. 
What was your reaction when you heard that children ages 5 to 11 could get their COVID vaccine? Well, very excited. We watched the news a tiny bit every morning. And so we were waiting for the day that they said, oh, it's their day. They get to do it. And so we were just really excited and like, how can we get them their first shot and where and what time and what do we do? (laughs) So very excited. And this might seem like a rhetorical question, but like, why were you excited? We were really excited because we felt like we were trying to be extra cautious because we're still in the classroom and around so many other people. And we were kind of feeling like our kids didn't have a level of protection at all, except for their masks that they wear constantly. And we just wanted them to finally feel the safety that we were feeling. And Abby is telling me that we wanted to go to Spain. And so (laughs) as a family, we have to be vaccinated in order to go there. And so that kind of helped that along, too. Do you guys have a trip to Spain scheduled? We don't have our tickets yet, but yes, uh, the plan is to go this summer. Nice. Have you guys been to Spain before? No. Why did you decide to have Andrew and Abby vaccinated? The kids both wanted to get vaccinated themselves. And so we wanted them to feel protected and not be as nervous when they're around other kids and just other people in the stores, wherever we were going. Yeah. And I know that you mentioned that you're an educator and I am, my sister is in education. And I know that there's been a lot of ups and downs with COVID for the schools. So bless your hearts. But going back to your guys' decision, did you have any concerns or hesitations? I mean, there's always a concern when you're doing something, but I think that when you really weigh out the options, like I can, my kid could get COVID and have these long-term effects and I don't know what those are, or we can get the vaccine and we know what the side effects can be. It wasn't really a hard decision because, you know, you just make those pros and cons lists and it's what's best for them. And so that's kind of how our decision was made easier. Mm -hmm. Your mom mentioned you guys listen to the news. Do you guys watch the news with them in the morning? Sometimes. Andrew just straight up shook shook his head no. (laughs) (laughs) So Abby and Andrew, can you tell us what it was like when your parents told you that you were going to, that you were eligible to get the COVID vaccine? Were you excited? Uh, I was excited. I was excited because then like I could hang out with my friends and sometimes not like have to wear a mask. Yeah, absolutely. I could get vaccinated so then I could be in the nutcracker and have a played it because I haven't had one in like a year. That's a big goal. I assume you've gotten your first shot. So where are you at in your series? We have, we're going to get our next shot on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Next Tuesday. Yeah. What do you guys think about shots in general? Very scary. Okay, yeah. But was it, how did it feel in the end? Uh, it felt fine. It was fine, except my or- my arm was kind of sore because I was like really nervous. Mm-hmm. And then we got a lollipop after, so. <laughs> Andrew, did you get a lollipop too? Yeah. Nice. What flavor? I got a mystery one. Did you guys get your vaccine at Inlow's Clinic or at the county when you guys went to Walgreens or Rite Aid? We went to Walgreens. Dr. Miller, I'm sure you get these questions a lot about the vaccines in general and then also with this younger group. Can you give us a little information about the safety of the vaccine or some of the information that we're getting on the clinical side? It's, uh, we've all been very patient and, and waiting for the younger children to be able to get their vaccines. And in a way, that's given us more time to study and understand the potential side effects and the trade-offs between getting the vaccine and then getting the disease. So, you know, we've given billions of doses of these vaccines throughout the world. So that has given us more and more information about their safety 
And then, of course, the FDA went through and studied the Pfizer vaccine, which is the only one that's uh, indicated at this point for children 5 to 11, and you know, vaccinated thousands of children and followed them to watch for any possible effects in that age group. So I think we feel very confident that we understand the potential side effects and the benefits in all age groups, and then recently in this age group that we're talking about today. What's the difference between the vaccine that Andrew and Abby are getting versus the vaccines that have, they are different? Can you share a little bit about what makes them different? Yeah. So, of course, as I mentioned, it's the Pfizer vaccine for kids like uh, Abby and Andrew. And the dose is a third uh, of the dose that an adult or a person 12 or older would get. Mm -hmm. So it's the same in every other way, except it's a, it's a smaller dose. One of the other questions I get or concerns I get from families is, again, the side effects. Do you have any information about side effects? Or like Melanie mentioned, it seems that the benefits outweigh the risks. Can you share a little bit on that? Yeah. So, I mean, the most common side effects are the ones that people have been hearing about for a long time. And those are, like Abby described, having a sore arm. Some uh, people, both adults and children, will have fevers and headaches. Often those most often they completely resolve within a day or two. So those are, are very common. People are always worried about the more serious side effects. And without going into too much detail, the truth over and over again with these side effects that we might see or rarely see with the vaccine is that we see them far less frequently with the vaccine than we do for those that get COVID itself. And so that's one of the many reasons, one of the many reasons that we are still comfortable and confident in the safety of the vaccines and that they will protect children much more than they would ever potentially harm them. We have a new variant. Yep. And is it safe to say that this is also another exciting part about our kids being vaccinated, that it's with the new variants, which I, I don't know how to word this. You guys walk me through this one because COVID, it, it's going to continue to change, right? We recognize it's probably here. It's here. Yeah. So in doctor terms, we think of this as having moved or moving from a pandemic to what we call an, something that is endemic. So something that is going to be there and it will, it's not surprising that we get new variants and I think we will continue to get variants. The best thing that we can do both to protect our children and ourselves from existing strains and future strains is to get vaccinated both as individuals and collectively because the more cases of COVID we get, the more potential we have for new strains to emerge. So vaccination is our primary tool, both to protect us, those around us that we love, but also to protect our society in a couple of different ways. So Abby and Andrew, I just wanna come back to you. You've been wearing your masks for quite some time. When we were, when the pandemic first hit and you guys were wearing your masks and your parents were wearing your masks, can you guys tell me a little bit about what that felt like to go from no masks to masks? It felt weird because we had to wear masks everywhere and we normally wouldn't without the pandemic. So that felt kind of weird. It felt fine wearing a mask because like you had to wear one when the paradise fire was going on because it was like really smoky. So it felt fine to wear it. Yeah. But now that adults are getting vaccinated and older kids, do you look at those other kids and think they don't have to wear their masks anymore? Sometimes. Yeah. Maybe sometimes. So you guys got your shot and that was exciting. Have your friends gotten their vaccines too? Some of mine have and some of mine haven't. Mm -hmm. 
I know that most of my friends from ballet have gotten it, and some of them haven't, like two of them, but the mo most of them have. Mm -hmm. And then not a lot of my school friends have got it that I know of, because some of them don't believe in COVID, mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah. So do you guys talk about COVID at school then? No, because no. our teachers like would think that would be weird. And yeah. I just don't talk about it because it would just be weird. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious what the youth talk about. So what do you guys talk about if you're not talking about COVID? Stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what do you talk about, Andrew? Uh, I talk about, like, sports and TV shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. Dr. Miller, anything you want to ask the kids? Well, I would be curious that when you got your shots, did you have, other than a sore arm, did you have any other side effects? Mm, no, just a sore arm. Did you feel tired? Uh, sometimes. Like when my arm was sore, I felt tired, but then the, when it wasn't, it, I didn't feel tired. I didn't feel tired really at all. Okay. And then you went through and got one shot, and you've got another one coming. Is this one a little less scary than the first? It probably won't be as scary because like, we got the first one, and it, it felt fine when you got it, so it might feel the same. Right. Not to mention the lollipop. Yeah, that was the most exciting part. <laughs> Melanie, for you and your and your husband, how have your lives changed since getting Andrew and Abby partially vaccinated? They haven't changed a ton because we're still wearing our masks pretty much everywhere we go. And I am looking forward to the day, though, that they get their second shot and are fully vaccinated and can go to ballet and be around other kids who are vaccinated and feel safe about that and letting them participate in things where... Now they have like a level of protection that they didn't have before. So that kind of, that feels really good. Yeah. And you mentioned that your, your grandparents, the, the kids' grandparents or your family's nearby too. Does that bring them some peace of mind as well? I think so. My mom worked in the healthcare profession already. So she's a firm believer in science and getting vaccinated. So they got vaccinated right away too and have been there. You know, we had to quarantine a few times last year during the school year, and so it made them a little bit nervous. But they definitely are feeling excited that Abby and Andrew now are kind of in the same boat as all of us. We all have the same thing. So it kind of makes it feel a lot nicer. Yeah, I actually read an article recently that talked about that's the newer concern that this age group or, again, the youngers, even though, and Dr. Miller, correct me if I'm wrong, but that it seems that kids in general, when they get covid it seems to be pretty mild or not show as severe as it, sh it seems to show in adults and older adults. And so the concern of like kids giving it to their grandparents, is that accurate? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, COVID is a kind of an ugly disease. And so even though it is absolutely true that, uh, that, that younger people are at less risk than older people, always with the exception of those that have serious medical conditions, but it's definitely true. But even with that, you know, if everybody gets exposed to COVID, even a small percentage of those children, and we've had, you know, close to 9,000 hospitalizations in our country for children, for kids between 5 and 11, even though it's much less common, it still can be serious. And so, so I didn't want to pass that by without mentioning that it can be serious for kids, but it is less common. And what we do know is that vaccinating children can help protect 
all those other populations and make it less likely that people like uh, Abby and Andrew's grandparents are exposed or just anyone else in society. So, mm-hmm. Dr. Miller, do you have any advice if we had some friends who maybe got COVID already and they're feeling hesitant about vaccinating themselves or their kids? Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I have, I have, I have some thoughts. And so I think it is, is definitely true that people that have had COVID have some immunity from that infection and therefore have some degree of protection, which is a good thing. And I think that those people will feel some peace of mind for having gone through that and feeling like they have some immunity. So the problem is, is that, first of all, we would want to make sure that they actually had COVID. We have many people that we know that say, well, I'm pretty sure I had COVID because I had these symptoms. And so they may be right and they may not be right. Uh, And so those people may or may not have protection. And hopefully the people that are having that confidence have been tested and are um, truly had COVID. But then realize that COVID has different strains. And as time goes by, it apparently will have more and more strains. And so what we know so far is that people that get vaccinated have better immunity than those that have had the infection, which is a little bit counterintuitive, but that's what our data is showing. The other reason that that may be true, and that was true for people that just had a single vaccine, but realize that people are getting vaccinated now are getting two or three vaccines. And that's another reason why our immune system is getting educated more than once. And if you just rely upon an infection, you uh, are not getting that kind of booster effect. And so all of our data so far shows that you get better protection from the vaccines. You mentioned that they do have some sort of immunity. Do we have a time frame in which that immune, that natural immunity is, is protecting them for? Yeah, so those are difficult questions okay. and, and difficult for everybody to answer. So what usually happens is that they follow antibody titers over time. And it is true that from both the vaccine and from a natural infection, that your antibody levels fall as time goes by. There is some evidence that the vaccine You have higher antibodies for a longer period of time, but that's one of the reasons why boosters get recommended and boosters then exist for those that will choose to be vaccinated. And so as those antibody levels fall, they can be reprimed, so to speak, and and reintroduced to it. And then we know from other vaccines and from this vaccine that when you get boosters, it tends to then last longer and longer. I have to say, though, because I think it's important, that antibodies are not the only part of our immune system. And so simply saying that antibody titer levels equate immunity, it's not nearly that simple. We have other branches to our immune system that are not as easily measured and we aren't using in these decisions. So people that get even antibody titers falling, whether they're vaccinated or live infections, still have protection. Even if we get frightened about falling titer levels, antibodies are not our only protective mechanism. So there's some that we still don't know, and we'll be learning in the months and years to come. A lot of people are confused about why folks that get vaccinated are still getting infected. Like, why are these breakthrough infections? Mm. And I think that, first of all, in people in medicine are not surprised that those happen. We expect that to happen. But the general population has this slightly oversimplistic view of vaccines that if you get vaccinated, you don't get the disease. And that's simply not true. If all of us that have been vaccinated for measles and measles were to blow through our community, many people that were vaccinated would get measles. They just wouldn't get as strong 
a case, they wouldn't get as sick, and they wouldn't be as infectious for others. It's only because we have these very sensitive PCR tests for COVID and very available tests, which is good, that we find so many breakthrough cases. A lot of the breakthrough cases we find are asymptomatic people that are being tested because they're doing something else, going back to the dorms, going to have elective surgery, and those people don't have symptoms, and then they find out that they... And then we definitely have people that are symptomatic that have been vaccinated. That's not a defeat. That is what we expect. We are still getting the benefit from people having fewer cases and those people being not as sick and not as infectious for others, mm -hmm. which is how vaccines work. For parents who may be hesitant to vaccinate their kids, what would you like to say to them? What would be your recommendation? Well, first I'd say that, that I understand that these are sometimes difficult decisions and that every parent just wants the best thing for their child. My suggestion is to be very selective about where you get your information and realize that, that some people come out with information that is self-serving and that they can either make money on or make a name on. And I would try to avoid those folks. The other thing I would say is that it kind of artificially gets set up as a choice between getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated. I would suggest that's not the choice. I would suggest the choice is getting vaccinated or getting COVID. And I think, as I said before, with this disease becoming endemic, I think that everybody is going to be exposed. They're either going to be vaccinated and exposed or they're going to be unvaccinated and exposed. And so I would weigh the risks of the disease versus the risks of the vaccine. And for those of us in medicine and those of us that trust science to help us make these decisions, for us, that's a pretty easy decision. Mm -hmm. But I realize it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, where can people go to learn more? You mentioned having some reliable resources. Can you share some of those with us? Well, the, the first place I would recommend for people, especially if they struggle with the decision, is a someone like a pediatrician that they have a relationship with and know and trust and know that those people have the best interest of their children in mind. So that's my first suggestion. If you're looking for other resources, I would always suggest that you go to those entities that look at all of the data, people like the CDC, people like the California Department of Public Health, or people like locally the Butte County Public Health Department. How do parents go about getting their children vaccinated? I would start with California Department of Public Health website or the Butte County Public Health website, and they will direct you to MyTurn, which is a statewide system to both locate and then sign up for vaccinations. If they're having problems with that, there's a, they can likely just call a local pharmacy and ask if they're vaccinating the children, and that may, may be another quick way to get that done. We heard on the COVID responsible page on Facebook that Walgreens was starting to offer the vaccine. And so we started looking on their webpage and it wasn't on their webpage yet. So we called and they said, we're going to start the webpage. So then we had to go onto the webpage and get them an appointment that way. But yeah. yes, we did that. Nice. When you are fully vaccinated as a family, besides going to Spain and buying your tickets, what do you guys think you're going to do to celebrate? I might get to have a sleepover on the second week of um, winter vacation, so. Yeah, I love that you just put that on a date. The second week of winter vacation. Okay, good. What are you going to do, Andrew, to celebrate? I don't know. Yeah? Did, did Andrew say anything at home that you want to help him remember? I don't think so. I think he's just looking forward to playing some basketball without a mask. He played Upworth this season, which was amazing and great for him. But he was wearing a mask when he was playing, and 
I know that was really hard for him, but I was so proud of him for making that choice to keep himself safe and the rest of us all safe. And so I think he is looking forward to doing some of those things without his mask. And I'm excited for him too. I'm excited to play basketball without like wearing a mask also because like there's another camp coming up that my my dad's friend coaches so I wanted to do that and maybe by that time I could not like have to wear a mask. So before we sign up is there anything else you guys want to share with us today for our friends who are listening? Don't be nervous to get the vaccine. It only lasts like two seconds. Um, I would just say that if you are feeling nervous about getting your kids vaccinated, just to seek out resources, like Dr. Miller said, that are, you know, legitimate research-based materials, not somebody's opinion. I feel like parents my age are, you know, struggling to find the information. So Dr. Miller gave us some great resources to go to. And just making sure that you're also thinking about the community and not just your own family, because we all are living here together. And so we want to make that that feeling be spread throughout. Dr. Miller, anything you'd like to share? Well, I'd just like to thank Melanie and both Abby and Andrew, first of all, for being here and talking, but just to kind of reiterate what Melanie just said is that in addition to protecting our own health, I think we all have a responsibility to help protect those around us that we care for and those around us that we don't even know without that kind of community spirit. There are lots of parts of our society that wouldn't work well. And I think this is just another example of one of those. Well, I want to thank you both so much for being here and sharing your experience, even though you were a little bit nervous. A lollipop might have been a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so grateful for your time and your input and sharing with other kids who might be feeling a little nervous, too. But I'm also excited about you being able to take your masks off, playing basketball, being in the Nutcracker and ballet. Um, And Melanie, I'm excited about you having that sense of security for you and your family. I can completely relate to that as well. And then, of course, Dr. Miller, thank you for being here and sharing all your expert advice. You're the best. Bye. Bye. Yes, it's finally their turn. Children's ages 5 to 11 are now eligible to get their COVID-19 vaccines. Consider getting your child vaccinated if you haven't already. If you have questions, talk to your child's pediatrician. Together, we can help slow the spread of COVID-19. We hope you found this episode helpful. Tell us what matters to you. Shoot us an email at health.matters at inlo.org and let us know your thoughts about our podcast and what you want us to explore. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. If you like what you heard today, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and share. The story you shared just may save a life. Thanks again for getting real with us today and listening to Health Matters. Health Matters.